0: Good morning. It is Thursday, December 2nd. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. In just a second, I am going to throw it over to Trey Scott as he is joined by 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Analyst Chris Singletary to talk about the Michigan Wolverines and the fact that they are one win away from their first Big Ten title and first college football playoff berth under Jim Harbaugh. Chris, of course, has a ton of experience with winning in Ann Arbor. He was a four-year Michigan Letterman under Lloyd Carr in the the late nineties and was on the 1997 Wolverines national title team as well. Saturday's big 10 title game is a big moment for the maize and blue. So let's swing it over to Chris and Trey right now to talk all about Michigan, Iowa, and the excitement right now in Ann Arbor.
1: Okay. Chris Singletary joins us right now. The Michigan man on our staff, Chris, did you get a little emotional with the, uh, the post-game triumphant scene in Ann Arbor on TV?
2: Emotional, yes, very excited, happy, happy for the players, the coaches, obviously being a former player, I mean anytime you're able to beat you know your rival, you know there's a there's a level of excitement and achievement, but I'm really happy for for those guys and those kids in the program and everybody that's in that building that you know put the work in.
1: What about this team? Do you think makes it? Special, headed into Saturday's Big Ten Championship game with a a playoff spot on the line. What traits do you see in the Michigan Wolverines that allowed them to beat Ohio State and should allow, knock on wood, up there for the maize and blue, but should allow them to, to, to get past Iowa as well?
2: There's a few things. The toughness, and, and what I'm saying, the toughness is not necessarily always just the physical, but it's the mental. It's to be locked in and be able to play at a high level for 60 minutes. And you saw that, you know, the the highs and lows. You know, Ohio State started making a run a little bit, and just the toughness to hang in there, having that mental fortitude. I think the playmakers. You see, you know, the, the two edge guys. Aiden and, and 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 David, you know, stepping up and, and being a factor. You see Hassan Haskins, you know, putting his imprint on the game from a running standpoint. You you see the guys in the trenches in terms of the office alignment, really imposing their will. You know, in, in the third quarter and fourth quarter, you see K making throws when when they need to be made. So I think you see the guys stepping up and performing at a at a high level. You see mental toughness and fortitude, and then you see the complementary football where all the sides in the three phases played well and played at a a high, consistent level for the whole game. And so there was no letdown. It was just consistent pressure applied. And they performed and and they won. So I think, you know, those were the things that kind of stood out about this game to me.
1: We got a good running game, fundamental defense, quarterback, with the exception of the end zone interception, that takes care of the football, well-rounded in all three phases. Mentally tough. This kind of sounds, and no offense to you, this kind of sounds like a nineteen nineties football team. That that feels a little refreshing to me. Do you see any similarities between this Michigan team and, and the one you played on that won a national title?
2: I do. I do. I think uh you got a great, a great player on defense, which we had in Charles Wilson. You got a great player, Naden Hutchison. You what see does that, the-
1: what does that do for what is that sorry, what does that do for the guys on defense to know that you have somebody who is should probably already be playing on Sundays. What effect does that have on every play?
2: Oh, it just, it knows that at any moment he can change the game. At any moment he can change the game. You know, with Charles Wilson, you know, he was going to take away one side of the field. And if they threw at him, two things were going to be positive in terms of a PBU or a pick and nine times out of 10, it was going to be a pick. And so from that standpoint, it allowed you to cheat the game in terms of you could, now, with him on one side, you could do some different things on the opposite side of the field where it was confusing from a schematic standpoint to the to the offense. And so with Aiden Hutchinson, you can play him left or right. You can play him up or down. You can stun him inside. And so you always have to account for where he's aligned. And then he's relentless in the pass rush and does, and, and does a tremendous job also in the run game. But a guy like that who's going to put constant stress on a tackle and so the ball is coming out quicker so you can tighten up your 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 alignment, you know, as a DB or a linebacker. If you're running a blitz with a stunt, you know the ball is going to come out quicker. So you just know and anticipate things are going to happen a second faster, which in football is light years and changes the game.
1: Tell me a little bit about Woodson back on that team. I'm going to imagine he was the alpha.
2: He was, but it was not in a vocal way per se. Like he spoke when he needed to. but he So was he alpha.
1: wasn't in the huddle every play telling you guys like, Get your in order. Like, you know, Uh, he wasn't like that.
2: mm -mm. He was an alpha by his play, And so you just knew he was going to come with with his A game every week. Now, there were times where he would, you know, he would say stuff and it was like, okay, now he says something. Now it's even more cognizant of what's going on, more aware. And so he was he wasn't a quiet leader, but he just didn't talk to talk. He talked when 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 you needed them the most. And he was vocal when needed it. You know, when we needed it the most, but his play was just, it was different. I mean, it was different. We knew early on he was a special player when he was a freshman. I know I did.
1: Oh, really? It was just that that easy? Like fall camp?
2: Yes. Because you just saw, first of all, I mean, you think about it back then, I mean, you're looking at a six, one and a half, 200 pound corner that has length and, you know, he takes no crap from anyone and he just has that competitive nature of, I refuse to lose, and he has, you know, a skill set, an anticipation, an understanding of, of the game, understanding of what receivers are trying to do by alignment and stands. Like, that's not normal at a young age. And then, you know, he was coachable, and it transitioned, you know? And the funny thing was, was as talented he's, as he was and is, he was never a me guy. Hmm. Never a me guy. His, his biggest thing was, I just want to win, period. It wasn't the Heisman, it wasn't the Thor. I just want to win.
1: I was reading the um, Better to be Feared book uh, by Seth Wickersham on, on the Patriots and, and Tom Brady. And I don't know how how many years you cross paths with with Tom and Ann Arbor, Chris, but I know the yeah. quarterback battle with a few different guys kind of loomed over his time there. And, and only recently has he sort of embraced Michigan and, and kind of been able to to fall back in love with it. What What does a quarterback battle complicate on the roster? Because I think... I think Michigan has handled this one so perfectly. I mean, we spent all offseason saying it's only a matter of time between uh, before J.J. McCarthy takes that job. Maybe by week two, it'll be him versus you know Sam here, Washington versus um, versus Michigan, and he comes in and he looks fantastic. And I know he had those fumbles against Michigan State, but this feels it feels like Cade McNamara's offense. So you know, in a few weeks, we can talk about what does this mean for the transfer portal and all that stuff. But it does feel like like Gattis has really handled this well, and I, I would imagine to you that's sort of a, a landmine averted.
2: No doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's it's, it's you know it's the it's one of the positions where only one guy can play. And so from that standpoint, when you have a bunch of high level talented players, but more importantly, competitors, you know, you have to sift through that and to to try to address at the end of the day, what's the best for the team? You know, not 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 what's best for the specific player, but what's best for the team and the other 10 guys in the fit and what you're trying to accomplish from an offensive standpoint and execution and things of that nature. So it's just it's unique. It's definitely unique in terms of that being the, the one position that you normally don't rotate. So when you have that guy, he's the guy.
1: If I'd asked you in August, what happens with quarterback, what would you have said?
2: I would have said it would have been K. And then at some point in time, if he's not, you know, performing to the standard that the coaches there, there was going to be a change. And I know that, you know, obviously probably coming out of uh, camp, it was a close competition. So I was, uh, I would say that the leash per se would have been short, but, you know, I played with a guy and you know, we won a national championship with him. And at the end of the day, it wasn't always pretty, but it was consistent and we won. And so it's hard, it's hard to make a move. Yes, we're greasy. So it's hard to make a move when you're winning, you know, and you're winning and you're performing and you're making plays when they need to be made. And so hmm. the stats and numbers are great, but what is the buy-in of the team? What is the buy-in of the offense? What's the chemistry like? The, what's the intangibles? Those are the things that a lot of times are forgotten. When when you're looking at that position, will the guys play for him? You know, all of those things are, are are what makes really good quarterbacks and championship teams.
1: Last few things for you: Jim Harbaugh took the pay cut but kept his job. Does that give anyone a chip on their shoulder, Chris, or do you think he's just happy to keep it?
2: <laughs> no, that's a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I, okay, that's a chip on your shoulder, no doubt, because you want to show your worth and your value, and you want to show that. You want to, you want to, anything in life, you want to put your best foot forward. And so I'm sure, you know, that, that Jim wanted to, again, and and thus far, you know, they've done it is put his best foot forward with this team and with this program.
1: If you're his agent, do you ask for the salary to come back in a few weeks?
2: What do you think?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you have, I you mean. mean why, why back win? to eight. Yeah. Maybe higher with, with all the, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's he's a game away from the playoff.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I, mean, I would hope his agent would, I mean, that's. If he, if he doesn't, something's wrong. I would assume that there's going to have to be a conversation had once this is all said and done on what it's going to look like going forward.
1: I kind of think that that the whole Jim Harbaugh situation has just sort of been a lesson, the, like a life lesson. Is that, I'm being a little sappy about it, but the patience and the determination. Uh, he had the sunglasses on after, the, after the, the win, but you could tell he was like about to go have a moment. And then, you know, he right. takes a pay cut and he he he's probably going to earn it back. And then some I think that's pretty cool. Like we can we can point to this as, as a I don't know if a person to emulate, but a situation to, to emulate.
2: Oh, it's no doubt. It's definitely a, a, a situation to emulate in perseverance and perseverance and work ethic. And you know, season the moment. A lot of different things, and so uh, there are a lot of life lessons within this. You know, you could have went, you know, the team and him could have went the other way, and but no, he kept, you know, kept those guys locked in. I think the changes that they made, you know, on the coaching staff, obviously, and and off the field and the support staff have paid dividends, and so it's trending definitely in the in the right direction for sure.
1: All right, last question. Michigan, ten and a half point favorite over Iowa. How nervous are you going to be when you wake up on Saturday morning?
2: Nervous or excited?
1: Okay, excited. You're, you're feeling it. You, you feel good.
2: Yes. I mean, it's never nervous. It's the excitement to be able to have the first time that they play in the game and in the championship. It's a, a nervous energy per se for kickoff. But nerves, you don't have nerves in terms of, uh, of fear. It's more anticipation of you're ready to get it going. You're ready for kickoff. Instead of playing at, I think it's what? Out here in Arizona, the game will come on, I think it's 6 o'clock. You wish you were playing again at high noon. You're chomping at the bit. you ready to go. It's go time, period. It's go time. I can you know? tell
1: you're getting excited. And uh, you look, Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like Iowa, but I think everyone's reading for Michigan. I mean, I, I don't know that. Ohio State's probably not, but it's going to be but cool. I think, I, I think Michigan in the playoff would be awesome.
2: I think it would be great. You know this, uh, that Iowa is more than a formidable opponent. I remember playing them in 97 and, and us having to come back in the second half. So this is not just a, a cakewalk. This is going to be a real physical, tough ball game, just like last week.
1: Well, we'll let you go fire up your old Michigan 97 group text and and get your picks <laughs> in. Uh, Chris, we appreciate it. We're going to be, we're going to be rooting uh, for you. And uh, that, hopefully you get to go to the a playoff game. I can't believe I'm even saying that. You got to win
2: Saturday first. Let's cross one milestone at a time.
0: All right, that was Trey and Chris talking about Michigan's big opportunity ahead of Saturday's Big Ten title game against Iowa. The Wolverines are a win away, yes, a win away from locking up a spot in the college football playoff. If I told you this was possible at the beginning of the season, you probably would have thought that I was crazy. Make sure to follow Chris on Twitter at CSing57, and of course, tune in tomorrow as Trey will be breaking down conference championship weekend, everyone's last opportunity to impress the committee and grab one of those four spots in the playoff. For Chris Singletary and Trey Scott, I am Lance Glenn. We will talk to you tomorrow for the next edition of the College Football Daily.